Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are wizards. We are crewmen. We are Jedi superhuman. Warriors fighting on the side of good. We are DMs. We are players. We are hardened undead slayers. Elven archers roam the enchanted wood. We all pretend to be something, so why not pretend to be something interesting? Nerd on, my friends, nerd on. Keep it up and we can rule the world. Whatever you love is not wrong. There's power in your phantom. Keep strong. Nerd on. Strange podcast for this week, dear listeners, because I find myself completely alone in this room. I am by myself. There is no one else here. I'm here. We are just the ghosts of other projects you didn't complete and books you've never read. Oh God, that's a lot of ghosts. No, that's so many ghosts. Feel crushing disappointment. I'm just oh, so to... just a normal day for me yes, then. That's right. Welcome to anxiety. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ace of Geeks podcast. We are a pop culture review show. Maybe uh, we haven't decided on that one yet, but seems sounds right. Ish. It's pop culture review or Star Wars. It, Star <laughs> Wars is pop culture. Star culture, Wars is the pop culture. Pop culture. culture. I know. I know. But like, it, it's kind of like if there's not much happening, if it's a slow news day. We'll just talk about Star Wars. That's true. If it's a fast news day, sometimes we'll, we'll just talk, talk about, about Star, Star Wars. Wars. And we're less into like reviews in the sense that we measure things by some sort of standard metric, and more that we give qualitative feels about what it was like to experience it, and then crap on each other's ideas. Yeah, well... I mean, yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did it for about an hour about Birds of Prey last week, last episode. So yeah, just jumping right. onto the podcast now, you can go and listen to that, and then go see Birds of Prey. Yes, please see Birds of Prey. It was awesome. It was really good, and I'm mad at all of you who didn't see it. Not really, we're still friends, but I think we're about sometimes about how annoyed I am at you. Anyway, if you're uh, listening to this, you are most likely one of our friends. Thank like, you so much for your if support. You, if you don't want to watch it for some reason. Could you maybe become our babysitter so that way Mike and I can go see it again? That would be dope. <laughs> that would be great. Like, uh, so my name is Mike Fatum. I am host one of three. I am Mei Ling Fatum, host two of three. I am Jaris Maragopoulos, um, and I don't believe in a number. I am a free person. Jairus is a very advanced robot. We built them in a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> we built them in a cave. We were watching um, this That's show not that far from the truth, uh, actually. called Next in Fashion on Netflix last night. And one of the, the, the 
sewers had made sewers is not the right word designers designers thank you fashion designer thank you i my brain it's late okay uh this is what happens when we record podcasts two things happen we record podcasts late mailing tries to tell a story we interrupt her seven or eight times Mm -hmm. and i don't words good uh anyway i also go on tangents (laughs) uh was uh had made a dress out of scraps which led Mailing to to exclaim, "He made that dress in a cave with a box of scraps," <laughs> which I just thought was just fabulous. Yeah. Well. Welcome to the Ace of Geeks podcast. We're a my wife's jokes review podcast where we talk about how great my wife's jokes are. So, oh, we should know, definitely do that as a bit. Well, also like I <laughs> we can't think... say we should do that as a bit on the air. Uh, then it's explaining the bit. We uh, lost the bit then. Yes, you can. It's called um, postmodernism, and I'm kind of super into it. So, so you know nothing about it then? Because that's normally where we're at with things you're super into. Hey, What one, we should do, dear you. listeners, is I Interrupt give... Interrupt me like a 50th time. I give amazing recaps of shows. Like, <laughs> just ask me about my recap All right, of, if like, we, Once when Upon we get a our Time. Pa- when we get our I Patreon set up... I was about to bring up Once Upon a Time. When, yeah. when we get our Patreon set up, uh, we will... Uh, set a goal of yes. having a podcast that is just mailing, recapping the entire plot of Once Upon a Time from beginning to end, while Jarris and I guffaw and gasp and generally or, act, you know. Or what we could do is, if we make that Patreon goal, our dear viewers and listeners can um, suggest a show that I should watch from beginning mm. to end. I feel like we should start with Once reviews. Upon a Time, and once they see the glory of how good you are recapping that show, then they I also ask. do a mad live tweet of musical movies. That's true, you do. Live tweeting or live messaging is one of the f- most fun ways I've found to follow along people who are seeing something for the first time. Oh god, that Twitter thread a couple of months ago of that girl who was watching Princess Bride for the first time. Uh, it was so yeah. joyous. Yeah. Our, we had a friend who had never seen Star Wars, and so people sat them down and then would just live uh, Facebook the stuff that he yeah. commented. I really yeah. wanted to, to put the video of them reacting to the twist at the end of Empire. Uh, I think we're but... thinking of different friends. Oh, okay. We've had two friends this has happened to, but yes. Yeah. Uh, I really wanted to put that on the website, but first I asked for consent and yes. I didn't get it, so we didn't put the video up. That's called common courtesy. You should learn it, internet. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah, internet. Get on this courtesy thing. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of birds of prey and internet courtesy, mm-hmm. uh, dude bros on the internet who are very interested in... Um, uh, cowing, um, shouting from the rooftops the fact that Sonic the Hedgehog did more, made more money than Birds of Prey because apparently Sonic the Hedgehog is the right wing movie now. I don't think anyone from oh, Sonic no. agrees with that. Yeah, but I, that's I the, what say, they've decided I, to put their flag on. I was kind of hoping to see it because apparently, um, I don't. Jim think... Carrey's amazing in that movie. Uh, he what looks I've heard. amazing in that movie. I want to see it. I honestly don't think us supporting the Sonic the Hedgehog no. movie will cause anything well yeah like most battlefields chosen by the alt-right the best p- way to win is to, to ignore <laughs> right what a strange game the only way to win is to punch mike bloomberg in the dick on stage oh i'm sorry that's the elizabeth warren strategy i'm very confused oh my God. okay Savage. this isn't really geek culture but one of the funniest things i saw going on um in the bdsm community is people commenting Jarris, how everyone she... in the BDSM community is a huge nerd. Of course, yeah, it's oh, culture. Yeah, that's true. BDSM is just sex with nerdy rules and conceits. Oh my god, it's live action. It, it is. It's, it's lap. Yeah, no, okay. 
So people commenting on how much more cheaply Bloomberg could have been humiliated publicly <laughs> without having to spend $400 million on ads. Oh, so good. So good. We shouldn't talk about politics on this show, but, you know, oh, hey, we're definitely fuck you, we're going to talk about politics, politics on the show. <laughs> we might lose two of our three listeners. No, actually, we've been holding pretty consistently at 50 people since we came back, which I'm really 50? excited about. Wow, that's yeah, half whoever of you what are, our height was uh, back We know who two day. of you are. Uh, that's that amazing. Maury and Robin told well, us that to listen. So I'm Maury and Robin. Thank you, Maury and Robin. But whoever else came back with us, uh, we love you. And yes, we love you We hope our much. political leanings don't cause you to leave the show. But honestly, if you're leaning right in this day and age... Please leave the show. <laughs> we have ex- been extremely clear about yes. who our show is not for. Yes. Nazis are one of those people. Yeah, Nazis cannot listen to this show. Have or I ever told you about my greater theory of um, movie bad guys? What's your greater so theory of movie most bad guys? Movies, stylish AF? Some of them, yes. That's but most, queer coding, but go on. <laughs> most movies, uh, uh, when they want to have a hero who they want to do have do ultraviolence, oh, right. But mm-hmm. they don't want him to kill people. They'll have him fight robots, which sucks mm-hmm. because robots didn't do anything. They're right, like, well, robots, robots are good people, and that's but, not the way humans work. Yeah, people will actually treat robots better than they will other people, unless they're trying to kill you with guns. Right, exactly. Yeah. But uh, uh, or bad GPS directions. That's true. That too. Um, we see you, Apple. Maps. I cannot turn right. This is a freeway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Uh, there's an alternative that a few movies have uh, realized. Mostly Quentin Tarantino has realized this. Yeah. Mm, no one will you're... care if you gun down slavers or Nazis. They're like one robots, the yeah. but even things... more con- even more conscious free murder. Yeah. One of the yeah. things I discovered playing Star Wars is that all you need to do to turn Jarrus into an action hero, where I'm like, well, maybe we should... I don't know, think about the consequences of this. You could easily get rid of that being like, oh, it looks like they're carrying slaves. Like, really? Oh, well. Oh, really? There's actually, uh, so there's this game, Elite Dangerous, really? that our friend Chris plays. And Elite Dangerous play. is very good. I really want to play it. Maybe maybe I can, now that I have, we'll talk about this more later, I bought an Oculus Quest, and you can actually plug it into your computer you and use it as a Rift. Um, so I may uh, see if I can get even VR, or uh, Elite in VR, I um, that would be fun. So Even it's VR been would nice just be spreadsheets. Seeing you for a few but one of the, moments. one of the things that I really wanted to do in that game because it's very open sandbox and you totally can be someone who trades in slaves is I really want to build an interdictor cruiser because that's a thing in that game and just Ooh. sit outside like major tra- major trade hubs and drop people out of warp and be like, do you have any slaves? No, no you're good to go. Is, do you have any slaves? This is a drop basic the slaves or humanity die. inspection. Yes. <laughs> well, and so and I think that's kind of. Uh, the the question too about like um live action role play and also just other gaming communities where you play a character mm-hmm. it's kind of like well you know it allows me to explore my darker side and it's like yo the fact that you even want to like it is perfectly... that you feel the need to to go hard into that because yeah. i'm sorry eve requires a level of commitment that Eve certainly does. Elite, elite if, does too. But Eve, like, is, if, Eve is spreadsheets online. If you're like, I'm going to go the slaver route. Yeah. I'm going to do I, it. That's that, a little that hard for me That requires a too. level of commitment yeah. to that. Oh, the thing with Elite is it doesn't because... And this is actually you're a problem really I have with the game. Only in Slave, the slaves, cockpit? yeah, you're only ever in the cockpit, and so slaves are just a data point you move from a oh, thing to gross. your cargo hold, and then and that's even honestly it's worse. how it's it works in real life. People end up doing terrible things 
through emotional distance. Yeah, and if I believed Elite Dangerous, and maybe Chris might listen to this episode and tell me they do, and then in that case, I'm, I'll, you know, or if you think that, email us and let us know. Um, or join us on Facebook. Yeah, um, but uh, um, I feel like Elite doesn't spend the time to go deep into the consequences of slavery. It's just, slavery exists in the universe, buy and sell slaves. The end of this discussion. Yeah, it's um, not a great yeah. end to that discussion. Yeah. I think so. One is, so there are two things here when it comes to depicting evil. And I think one of it is where people are really invested in what evil supposedly looks like, like dribbly candles, black lipstick, things that aren't in themselves things evil. Things that Jerris on exclusively. <laughs> We're not talking about that right now. <laughs> Jerris is just listing their fetishes on That's the air. That's not true. They've broken down. That's not true. <laughs> You're right. They haven't listed all of their fetishes. The list would be too long. I haven't even gotten into like the buckets. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, you were talking bouquet about residents. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Okay. Um, so you get into things where people are obsessed with how evil looks, and players who equate that with evil, I find, don't put an, tend not to put the thinking in to look at what are the immoral consequences of their actions because yeah. that's not really what they're engaging with. They're just engaging with a style. But I find people who or a power through. fantasy, right? Yeah, that's where you get a lot of the American LARPers who are, you know, who are like, fantasy. I want to, I, I don't, I'm doing all these awful things because my character should <laughs> yeah. have power. I am not paying for therapy, but I am totally <laughs> going to drop some money to bully around other players. Maybe this may be not something I should talk about on the podcast, but no, I had don't. one of those. I have one of those instances that you hear about um, in therapy on Thursday night where. My therapist and I kind of just chatted for like 45, oh, no, 50 minutes. And then 10 minutes into the end of the session, we got into the really heavy shit. And I yeah. was like, oh no. <laughs> That's where yeah. bookmarking comes in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bookmark for later. You, I find, and I don't know if this will be helpful to you, but I've been going to therapy for 13 years and I was a early adopter of child this therapy. this is how far you've come? Maybe well, therapy no, doesn't It's work. really sorry. good I'm for so just sorry. the ongoing support. I was one of those kids who drew my parents a picture of someone laying down on a couch because I had seen this in the far side. And it's like, this is what I need. Please get me this. Please get me this. <laughs> Have you seen the meme that's been going around of the sorting hat spends half a yes. second on my head? Therapy! Therapy! <laughs> Indeed. So well, anyway. We were talking about killing slavers. I'm okay, sorry. right. So other people I find who are actually into exploring grays and morality and what darker impulses are tend to be more about exploring why bad guys and people who do evil things think they're the good guys. Yes. Yeah. And what it is that they have to tell themselves and just exploring that mental gymnastics. That, I think, has a lot of, I guess I'd say, narrative play where it's interesting mm -hmm. to look at. Yeah. Whereas the other one, like, you're just, as Mike was alluding to, dressing up for a later BDSM scene. Yeah, only yeah. most people in BDSM wouldn't let those people play with them. Well, no, and in BDSM, you're highly encouraged to talk out the reasons why you do things because BDSM is also not therapy, and you should not be asking the person that you were doing things with to be your therapist. Well, it's... Today on the Ace of Geeks podcast, we get vulnerable. <laughs> I totally have never been in that situation. Hmm. Well kind of a shameless plug and cross promotion there's a um, lot of shameless plugs in bdsm actually i'm sure there are um but uh <laughs> Jaris's face what? it's not a visual medium what do you think plug is in bdsm it's just a good joke okay it's just a good joke and play off words i'm sorry maybe what was, was trying to say something. saying no that's cool maybe oh, i'm sorry. not gonna bring up the podcast that i'm launching on march 1st I'm so about sorry. uh 
stuff. That's cool. Um, but speaking of villainy, you know, Disney films have very clear, mm. like, good, evil, and all of that. And um, so it's really interesting that I've been going back down through the Disney vault and like watching them all from the beginning. Why? Why are you? Why are you doing that, Bailey? What is that for? Well, mostly because I wanted an excuse, but then also I'm starting a podcast where I'm getting my friends together and we're each discussing a, a classic Disney movie. And um, and you're going through the the Disney movies like in chronological order, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we're starting, like, back yeah. at the beginning. And thank God for Disney+, Plus because that's the only way this would happen, right. because yeah. I never had the official VHSs. I always sure. had the bootleg ones. The, oh, from... it was on TV, so you get to watch it's it right. with uh, some rug commercials. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but Disney villains are very, very clear-cut, and it's kind of one of those things where when they have a fantastical or a magical aspect to it, it almost makes it a little bit more palatable. But people like Cruella DeVille and Gaston mm. are just such a bizarre, horrible people, you know? And, and actually like every single Disney villain is just a horrible person who's trying to get something for all the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. like, Captain Hook's the perfect example of this, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And like, um, so it's kind of interesting and we talk about that a lot on the podcast. Um, like the different character tropes and, and also Disney and stuff, but And you also talk spend a lot of time, uh, because of the the conditions the films were being made under, talking about the real life villainy of, of a certain Mr. Walt Disney and how I that mean, pertains to the films. Yeah, but yeah. that's actually fascinating because of what we were talking about where people don't think they're the villains. and Exactly. Like... Well, and it's it's the whole argument of, well, that wasn't my intention. And it's like, we're saying that it hurt us. Therefore, right. whether or not that was your intention to pur purposefully hurt us or not, you need to take that and acknowledge it and decide whether or not we're going to continue with this yeah. conversation you know and i i think that's the most frustrating thing that our generation especially have when we're talking with say our parents generation with things and they're just like you guys are just so sensitive about everything and it's like because we care about people right, right. it's and not we're, so and much sensitivity we just have different boundaries now. Well, we're not yeah. any more or less sensitive than anyone else. We just no. don't stamp down on our emotions and not talk right. about it. We right. talk about it, and that makes yeah. you know other generations uncomfortable. Yeah, um, because we're going to therapy. Yeah. The other yeah. the other theory that kind of bases off what we were saying earlier, and you know Walt Disney and all that, that I've been wanting to get off my chest lately. Um, so working as a community manager the last <laughs> few years, so uh, sorry. I've it's actually given me a wonderful new perspective on the internet being a villain i guess i'm like we're not villains and i don't think my company has done anything uh villainous, villainous but in the eyes of a lot of people on the internet some decisions we make are you know evil or greedy mm -hmm. or um and it's given me a lot of insight into because we spend a lot of time saying things like like i was watching a video today that was talking about how um you know a 400 dollars gopro camera will have some features that are really helpful that a $10,000 cinema camera won't have. Um, and the, um, the person doing the video posited, 
uh, and they didn't say tinfoil hat, but they, they posited that this was on purpose so that later on those big camera makers could sell either upgrades or more cameras. Um, and I would say that's probably not true. It's probably that there's an engineering problem that that keeps them from putting this so that software in the camera. It's the or same thing an with economic problem where something yeah. to do with the supply chain does not allow for the product yeah. to and exist. The, the, uh, conspiracy theories aren't real. Is just basically my point. There's nobody. There on are the some conspiracy theories that are real. Maybe, um, but there's but even those, there's nobody on the planet, anywhere who does things to be evil except for vampire larpers who are playing specific characters <laughs> there's I nobody think of some others as well but no but there's nobody who like there are people it's who do rare. evil things right but, but there's nobody who do it because they're palpatine right. like this would be the most evil right thing. <laughs> like nobody who launched um uh when battlefront 2 came out and everyone was pissed about the monetization rightfully so because the monetization in that game was terrible there was there was yeah. nobody in either the dice offices or the ea offices who said to themselves muahaha we will do this so that we can squeeze money out of the gamers there was a bunch of people who were looking at the problem of our game costs way more than we will recuperate for 60 dollars uh and overcorrected right um, for them it is simply a matter of what can the market bear and right. then the market went back to say we don't want to bear this but it's not even about testing what the market can bear it's it's trying to figure out ways like because video games are way more expensive to make than yeah. we pay for them um which is mm -hmm. why free to play games seem so uh money grabby because mm. they're free but right. we still have to pay the developers to live right. guys we yeah. live in a capitalist society i'm sorry yeah um once so, we can get basic income to be a thing, then yeah, that would be. But nice. like, also, one of my friends on Facebook, um, and if you're listening, uh, I promise I'm not calling you out. Um, this is just another example. Uh, was positing that um, uh, it's another video game example. But uh, so when Bungie became independent from Activision, um, one of the first things they did was um, rework Destiny so that you could do cross saves, so you could play on. Uh, PC and then save your game and pick up your saved game on PlayStation, etc., mm -hmm. etc. Et Which is amazing. It's really cool. Um, but they had said for a while that that wasn't something that was in the cards or it would be too difficult to do. And because they did it after they got away from Activision, my friend was positing, well, it must have been something that was always easy to do, but Activision told them they couldn't do it. To which I think that well, probably that's didn't not happen. Not really how progress works, right? Well, yeah. that's not really how like. There's a lot of things in the game I work on that, you know, we say that's going to be a lot of work. I wouldn't expect it anytime soon. And then all of a sudden, one day, one of you know the programmers says, "Hey, I found an easy way to do this. Let's just release it." Mm -hmm. um, that happens sometimes, but it's never. Even like people like, um, you know, everybody. I hate to go back to this debate um, on the podcast, but fuck it, here we go. Um, even like people were beating on Bloomberg for his. Uh, uh, you know, all these women accuse me of is not liking a joke that I cracked mm -hmm. um, thing. And absolutely, that's a freaking horrible thing to say. He shouldn't have said it. He has no self-awareness, but he has no self-awareness. He's not sitting right. up there it's going, oh, him. I sexually harassed these women, but yeah. I would lie about it on this stage. Yeah, you're that's right. That's what he believes. Right. Yeah. Um, that's And same thing with how somebody like Harvey Weinstein is a fucking monster. But in his own mind, he's just, you know, doing what he should be doing. But I, I think there's also, like, a big difference between going, like, well, I'm sorry you can't take a joke, yeah. ladies, versus someone like Terry Crews yep. when 
it was presented to him like, oh, good yo, example. you said something really insensitive. He was like, holy shit. What did I say? I have learned. Thank Although, you. It did take Terry a couple of days and a talk from the woman who plays Rosa Diaz before he got right, there. But, right. but I mean, like, at the same time, he was willing yeah. to be like, please educate me. Yeah. So yeah. that way I don't do it again. And it wasn't like, oh, oh, it was never my intention or anything like that. It was just, I did a bad. Yeah. You know? And like. But that's the, the growth that we as a species are making, I think. Right. And that's why a lot of older generations struggle with it. Yeah. Because in. All progress is like that. Right. One of the things um, that we talk about sometimes in social justice, and this applies for more than just racism, is that being anti-racism is not about not being racist it's about showing up to confront meet and struggle through to work through racism wherever you find it especially in the self yeah because this isn't mm -hmm. something where there are good people and bad people all white people have racism in them because it's part of the culture that allows yeah. us to ignore we've privilege. been inundated with it since childhood right like yeah. I, I still you know, if I'm, uh, I don't walk alone in the city anymore because I'm not in college. But when I when I, I was, do that. I know, uh, <laughs> when I was walking alone in the city in college, if I saw an African American person, you know, walking the same direction as me behind me on the street, I would get nervous, and that's fucking racist. But you have to n acknowledge that you have those thoughts and examine them and contend with them, rather right. than saying, "Well, I'm not racist. I just." You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These women didn't like these jokes I was telling them. Yeah. That also comes up, I think, with queer coding, uh, bringing it back to Disney villains such as mm -hmm. Jafar, where people are very used to, as writers, connecting queerness with evilness because they know it's taboo, and this is an easy way to mark taboo. Um, and now, as we are... Uh, more and more queer people and LGBT people. I know not everyone likes yeah. the word queer. It's something I'm comfortable in with myself. Um, anyway, um, more and more, the more people that we, uh, we's not good. The more people that are allowed to feel comfortable within a normal, the less able things that used to exclude them are going to prosper in society. Right. That's I feel like I could have said that in less words. That's okay. We'll get we'll, we'll get on Judge John Hodgman yeah. eventually to talk to you about oh, that God. problem. <laughs> um, since we're talking about this, I, I recently actually, in the last few months, cool. um, I was recently getting into a study of evil for the purposes of running role-playing games. Um, and for wearing a devilish cape and laughing at the moon, yes? I don't... I told. I thought we weren't talking about BDSM stuff in here. <laughs> anyway, um, Jairus's list of fetishes, phase one. <laughs> first, get a tall hat. Next, tie me to the tracks. <laughs> oh God, it's mm. funny because it's true. Dudley do me right. If anybody I, wants to seduce Jairus, uh, yes. a handlebar mustache, a top hat, and a nearby set of train tracks <sighs> is exactly what you would need. Really, not all that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you, if you could even arrange it so that someone else they find attractive has the handlebar mustache and the top hat and ties with the rainbow tracks, and then you show I up with muscles to shave them. Sure. To, to, shave, to shave, shave, to shave okay. them, too. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. That's fine. Consensually, whatever. Sure. Uh, that, you, that literally, <laughs> Jairus will marry you on the spot. No, I mean, not literally, but I do go literally. for both villains and heroes. I'm ambisextrous. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm Andy Morales. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, one of my uh, favorite role-playing games is Mage of the Ascension. And really? Yes. And in the uh, 20th anniversary, they rewrote the book for quote-unquote evil mages called Nefandi. And one of the ideas behind uh, evil mages is that they were going to break down any sort of subjective evil because the game of mage is all about subjective truth. And they said, no, we want to talk very specifically about human evil because mage looks at human culture. And so what like they... this podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> what they did is, and I really respect them for writing it this way, is they said, we're not going to talk about devil worship. We're not going to talk about sacrifices. All of those things could or could not be evil within certain situations we don't want to name any specific culture as evil instead we're going to look at just interpersonal evil evil is just the death of empathy and that is all we are calling evil when you start treating people as things that is evil. i fucking well, love that well that's one of our favorite um lines that mike and i say mm -hmm. to each other whenever someone experiences a major lack of empathy aka yennefer at the beginning of the oh, sure, sure. Yeah. um like i literally turned to mike when she was being called pig and like stupid girl and all mm. that and i was like you want to know how you get super villains yeah. this is how you, this get, is super how you get super villains right and you that's... know and it... i was so happy that show didn't make her a super villain oh, by right. the way that was amazing but... right because i i totally expect the way it was going i totally expected yeah, that right. but again listen to episode Two, yeah, season we, two, episode two, I think is the Witcher yeah, episode where we yeah. talk about the Witcher. I'm sure when the next season comes out, we'll, we'll have uh, more to say. We'll, we'll toss a coin they to that may... Witcher again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mentioned this to Maylene this morning. Uh, just a quick Witcher anecdote, and then back to our serious discussion. But um, there's apparently uh, a series of interviews you can watch where they had um, the actress who plays Yennefer, the actress who plays Ciri, and uh, Henry Cavill. Um, all in, really in the same interview together. I only know, know his name. Names. I know I'm awful. Um, but anyway, they they had them all sitting in an interview together, and apparently, every time Henry turns away from series actress to look at Jennifer's actress and like talk to her about something, the the young actress playing Siri just looks up at him like, ah. notice me, senpai. Oh goodness, <laughs> goodness. Yeah. But I mean, like, I'm sorry. He's he's very attractive. Anyways. Going back to our discussion of morality. Yeah. So, like, I, I think that's kind of the thing, too, that I've also said on this podcast a lot. I like villains where you understand mm -hmm. where they're coming from. And not in that, like, uh, I'm rooting for you, Magneto. I'm like, yo, you took it a little far. Yeah, whenever you somebody's wearing a Magneto with right shirt, I'm like, I understand what you're going for, but right. Magneto killed a lot of people. Well, it's, it's, yeah. it's kind of like all the people who are like, I'm Sith all the way, and I'm like, are you? Really? Well, I mean, there's because there are fascism? multiple things there. Not all Sith stuff is fascist. Like, the Sith Code's really anti-fascist. But Palpatine... Like Palpatine no, is the no, ultimate no, no. Sith. No. Every Sith Empire has been fascist. So. I would say every I mean, Sith Empire has I would been fascist. Say, Autocratic is not the same as fascist. All right. Okay, but I would say that the Empire is mm -hmm. not necessarily evil. Evil. The Sith Code is you must kill your master to take their power. Well, that's the rule of the two, though. That's cyclical abuse is the metaphor there. But that's the Sith. The but Sith is cyclical Sith. abuse. Yes. Like, the thing is, 
the way that the force is presented in the duality between mm-hmm. the Sith and the Jedi, it's not actually a duality. Yes. Because I agree. You you literally cannot be human without emotion. Yes. yes. And so therefore the Jedi cannot the, do that. The However, Jedi are bad at being light side for mm-hmm. most of the movies, except for Luke and Ray at the end of each of their personal stories. And the Sith are bad at being healthy dark side. I would agree. Well, and, like you need some selfishness. That's what self care is. Yeah. And you yeah. need some selflessness. Anger and, that's what community anger is. Anger and fear are healthy emotions yes. when you engage with them and deal with them. If you just there is no emotion shove them down that's how you get anakin yeah we did Precisely. the thing you predicted mailing mm-hmm. oh yeah. it was gonna happen minutes ago you started talking yeah. about duality of morality and i was like let's talk about the new jedi order but like whenever i see like little children wearing like stormtrooper things to me Deeply i'm just uncomfortable i'm like yeah. that's just wrong yeah you know and it's like or like the little girl who kneels to darth vader like it's funny it's funny but but it's also really wrong and and -hmm. it's also the whole thing of like i i really hope as a parent i don't impress my morality upon my child but that i I like your morality you should have it I facilitate need to make their own choices. I know, I know. What I want to be is I want to be a facilitator as yeah. a parent for her to discover her own morality and also to teach me about yeah. seeing the world through new eyes oh, and like I, I different hope things. As like, we grow older, I mean, you know, history teaches this isn't as likely as I hope it would be, but I, I really hope as we grow older that we keep the kind of open mind you need because our kids right. are going to find like. You know, if the frontier for us is um, gender. racism and gender and, like, trying to fix those injustices, um, you know, the next frontier our kids are going to find. And we have the responsibility to not say, oh, that's a step too far for me. You know, I was okay with, you know, uh, this, but I'm not okay with that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, it, you have to have the you have a responsibility to sit down and say, okay, tell me about it. Explain it to me. Mm-hmm. And if it's morally if it's if it's getting people more freedom then i'm for it yeah getting um a little bit back more towards morality one of the things um kind of riffing off of something uh mei ling said that they did in this book that i really appreciated is they talked about how uh book of the fallen which is all about nefandi okay though they go back to their original translation of what nefandi means as eaters of the weak with the idea being that like true death of empathy is where you see vulnerable people and think perfect easy pickings and when you're there that's your line and one of the things they do in this game is we're not going to teach you how to make these characters these are antagonists do not play someone like this this is not what this Mm -hmm. game is for and the way that they equip you for that is instead of talking about like magical powers based off of different cultures they focus on what the cycle of abuse is that's awesome and how to defeat each step of it in your own life if you find it that's awesome I found so basically it it's therapy the game it was so good <laughs> and i really appreciate a mutual friend of ours who gave me the occasion to get back into this book and read through it and some of the stuff that we're doing in the game table is deeply looking at what does it mean to take responsibility to, for past wrongs because the thing about abuse is that once you start reading about it you realize that you too have done these things mm-hmm. all kinds of people have done these things yeah 
because it's not about bad people it's about hurting it's about, it. yeah. it's about choices it's hurting people it's exactly like jaris and my philosophy of the force there is no light side there is no right. dark side there's no pure good paragons of good there's no mustache twirling dealers of evil there is life and there is the choices you make and the actions you take because of those choices. Well, and the thing is, like, if you are truly following, like, the Taoist tradition, mm. you can't be pure light. No, you can't. Because then you are out of balance. Right. And, and you, it, you need to not, like, accept the darkness, but also just kind of, like, recognize it in you mm -hmm. and, and allow it to to you know have it say sort of thing but um right you need to find some way to work through your anger not deny it yeah and and that's where like i totally understand in larping wanting to have that opportunity in a safe yes. environment yeah. with consenting people and also hopefully you're in um a larp troop or group that has counselors mm -hmm. and safety and mechanics. If you're gonna safety do, mechanics that, I think for that, that. I think that's why I have an issue with. Um, there's been a trend recently in this area. We when we used to do parlor larps, it was generally either you were playing vampire or you were playing something goofy and fun that somebody wrote. And I don't think there's a problem with a lot of larps like um, here's my power button, this is my jam, the things that deal with short, shorter larps that deal with really heavy subjects being convention larps. But I think the reason I haven't done any of them yet is because i don't know how i would emotionally process going from something that know. heavy to okay now we're gonna go do another larp in 10 minutes like get yeah. some dinner and go to the next larp and that's bring us back to our discussion of bleed uh, which is yeah. something we were talking about online on a friend's post when it came to uh the thing that ninja wrote yeah. about <laughs> how for those of you who need some background really quick uh yes. ninja is a um uh, a very famous Twitch streamer. Uh, he put out a tweet this week. You know what? I'm going to find and read the I'm tweet. I'm kind of glad we started talking about this because this kind of perfectly dovetails into yeah, his Yeah, it really tweet. does. Yeah. Uh, Ninja. While you're doing that, um, it's also kind of like in acting. You know, mm. there are different acting techniques and all of them really stem off this, this theory of authenticity. Mm. And making sure that the emotions are coming from a real place and that you're you're plugging into something real and so i'm not gonna lie the villains always have the best speeches the best True. scenes and the best costumes which is why i usually like to play a villain and i've never gotten a chance to and i'm in a show for the first time right now where we are actually doing deep character work that's mm -hmm. never going to come up on stage but we're really talking about the authentic relationships between our characters and I'm realizing and it is come up on stage because it's going to come up in your performance but well, right, but secondary but, enough right but now. like at the same time with this in mind now I'm like I don't know if I could authentically play like an abuser mm -hmm. or you know or if I could authentically sit there and take abuse, mm -hmm. because as a woman, most of the roles are, you know, a subs, um, uh, submissive mm -hmm. type. And I'm like, I don't think I could stand yeah. for that, you know? And like, there's a, um, I, I, 
have had auditions a couple of times because of honestly because of the way I look for parts that you know I'll read the sides for it and it will be you know you are a horrible mobster who kills your friend or you abuse your girlfriend or things like that um, because I'm a bigger oh. guy and people want an intimidating person in that role and I I can't like especially there was one that was for an immersive theater experience and like I couldn't like three or four times a night for like months on end I mm. couldn't do that I would I would mm. lose my mind well, there, yeah there was a con LARP we played where I didn't get into a LARP and you read the character sheet and thought I can't do this and it was given to me and I really enjoyed yeah. working through that character but you but would, that, not, you would have not have, have liked that at all no and I, I felt bad about that this, uh, I don't feel bad. Thinking, well no I felt bad because I I shouldn't have signed up that was that was the Battlestar LARP right yes, yes. yeah I yeah. shouldn't have oh, signed up for a Battlestar oh, game God. I shouldn't have I know I would also point out that I did things in that game and playing that character oh that I needed to talk about in therapy afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I can't... I understand uh, for all of you guys out there um, who love Battlestar Galactica, the reboot Battlestar Galactica, I, absolutely. I'm, I'm really happy you do. It's good. I can't watch it. I can't and I never... Because shows that are in that darkness for that long and that constantly... I will get into that darkness too. It's actually like damaging for my mental health. Yeah. I'll put right. myself in yeah. the pla those places with those characters, right. and so like that's why it often seems like I'm the guy who's like, can we just never have depressing stories? Because I just I get into them. I put myself in the world, and I can't pull myself out easily. And I actually love Fair. that about you because <laughs> I use Mike as my litmus test for fantasy series <laughs> as to whether or not I'm going to be able to enjoy it. And I knew that I would not be able to handle Game of Thrones because literally mm. every time Mike would read that book or he would be done with the reading session, you would just have this like black cloud over you. And I'm like, why are you reading this book if you hate it the so much? The problem with Game of Thrones, and I've, I think I've said this on the podcast before, is that the books are really well written. They're just subject matter that I can't pull my brain out of. Respect respectfully disagree that's fine <laughs> they he what however you feel about his writing choices which i disagree with his ability to craft characters that are compelling is really good yeah. like characters not every character he crafts is compelling but like i always deeply cared about Arya stark and most oh, of sure. the time, time yeah. i was reading those books it was because i wanted to know what happened to Arya stark next yeah, and, and it just got to a point where you're like, I just can't. Well, that was why the, spoiler alert for Game of Thrones books and TV show, but um, that was why the Red Wedding eventually turned me off. Not because <laughs> the Red Wedding, but because right at the end of the Red Wedding, after all of these characters that you uh, know and love have died, um, suddenly, uh, the last thing you see is Arya is attempting to run into the castle to, you know, save her brother or whatever, and the hound just bears down on her on a horse. Now, it turns out later that he was saving her because he's actually, like, still trying to protect her. But the way the end of the chapter reads, it reads like, Jack. after all this happened, yeah. he's just run her down. And yeah. so I basically, I stopped reading. I flipped through the book until I saw a chapter that was from Arya's perspective again, so I knew she survived. Right. And then I put the book down, and I walked away. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Like, I'm done. And I mean, like, it's why I think we're actually having difficulty with Lego Masters as well. Oh, God, that show. Because, like, it should be super fun. It's basically Legos. Mm -hmm. 
It's, and it should Wilmore be the Great Met. British Lego Show, and it's not, yeah. and it makes me so mad. This is a show on uh, Fox and on Hulu. Yeah. For those of you who aren't watching it, it's a co- reality competition show, um, and where people just make Lego. They make stuff. awesome, amazing Lego sculptures, and and so Will Arnett is trying really hard to to point out the tropes of reality shows. Like at oh, one sure. point, he comes over and he's like, "I'm gonna look into the camera." And start to say something really meaningful, and then we're gonna cut to commercial. And of course, they do. And it's because they're literally like holding two pieces that are sure, really yeah. rickety, and you know, and like he's doing a great job, but like the, the show... judges are really particular Lego judges and they're and super forceful they're, they're at least edited to be super forceful and like mean and yeah and and, and then, like, then the contestants the contestants are like partially cast because they're like from quirky. a perspective of like they'll have conflict with each other mm-hmm. and partially i'm sure edited and prodded to be that way but it's it's that kind of reality show like there's a couple on there who's um uh these two eccentric designers who are um, building Lego together for the first time, and the male present—I don't know what its actual their actual gender is because they sometimes wear dresses, and I don't want to assume. But they're straight up abusive to the woman building Legos oh, with them no. all the time, uh, and, and like it's, they are really—it's really draining. unhealthy, and it's not that something you should be focusing on. We shouldn't yeah. be making that. Uh, well, that's kind yeah. of what reality TV show is about. But that, it doesn't but, have to be. No, the Great British Baking Show and making it exist. Make all reality competition sure. shows like those shows. So two things. One, uh, did you guys enjoy it when he called out those tropes? Not really, because the show had disgusted me enough by that point that I was like, yeah. you're trying, Will, but you're being well, buried. And, so no and, wonder you don't like it when I do it. <laughs> well, and like... Um, we we haven't seen this week's episode because the preview it for it was everyone stop building we need to talk about this <laughs> and they're like all in these really <laughs> uncomfortable looking chairs and then the this father son couple is there and then the father's all like yeah now i'm getting angry and i'm like what the fuck is happening wanna... just build legos yeah man. there was like... one team that was like um uh, like these really, really good front runners, and somebody from the table next to them kept wandering over and being like, "We're gonna kick your ass. We're gonna build Legos so much better than you." And like, and I was just like, "Guys, that's just unnecessary." Don't do that. Whereas if you watch making, go watch making it. Just watch making, making it, it is fantastic. Making it gives it's... me hope for American reality TV. <laughs> making it is the kind of show where, when when one contestant finishes early. They just walk over and start helping the other contestants finish their projects. Aww. Like it's just that kind of show. They all are it's constantly so hugging each other and crying because they love each other so oh, much. Wait, and... Is this the one with Offerman? Yes. Yeah, yeah it's that fabulous. one is good. Four. I did. And I mean, like the Great British British Baking Show is like that too. They get really stressed out over mm-hmm. whether or not their bread is proof proved enough, you know. And it's like stupid little things like that. But that, that's the drama. That, like, you actually... don't need the interpersonal exactly. drama. Right. Whether your Lego falls over or not is enough drama. I mean, all of us who have built Lego in oh, our yeah. day yeah. are like, oh. Where's this? There's only one piece like this. It had its own baggie. I yeah. didn't take it out of the baggie. Well, Where is it? And that's like, I actually really appreciated Next in Fashion on Netflix because it gave me my Project Runway feels with like the making it sort of interpersonal like nicey niceties of of that 
it was about as nice of a reality show based in fashion mm-hmm. design as it could be. And like, um, I, I did really, really enjoy that. So if you like reality competition shows, highly recommend Next in Fashion. If you like reality competition shows, seek therapy. No, no you guys like <laughs> everyone. Everyone seek therapy. Go to yeah, therapy. Actually, yes. That's true. So about five minutes ago, I came up with a joke. Can I uh, run it by you guys? Uh, first time ever heard here. Oh, on I'm the excited. Market. Let's workshop this joke. Awesome. Cool. Now, this is real fresh, so don't record me. No. <laughs> um, if you ask Ramses who his favorite god is, who do you think it'd be? It's fucking raw! <laughs> <laughs> The Ramsey name of the guy who Ramsey, said it, yeah. and Ramsey is the second is Egyptian pharaoh. His name is Gordon Ramsay, of course, which right. hurts the joke. Right. Not Ramses, but you know. Sure. But I understand. Well, I enjoyed right. it. I enjoyed it. Mailing is disgusted with you. <laughs> it's fucking wrong. So weren't you going to read a tweet by Dinshaw? Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. Um, but the first I want to say, there was a gif that I saw on the internet the other day that was wonderful. A um, gif? No. No, I didn't see a gif. There's no peanut butter on the internet that I knew of. I see gifs all the time. Well, you should get that checked out by a They doctor. don't know their gifs. <laughs> Good. Solid reference. Thanks. Solid reference. Anyway. Um, uh, Did I get the job? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway. You've proved you none of your points because that's a J word. <laughs> Let's not have this argument on the cop podcast. Did, that's the worst content we can produce. Did I Did I get the gob? <laughs> <laughs> well, my gob is certainly smacked. So what's this ninja? Oh, oh no, 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 you're going to tell the story. So, a, so <laughs> if we're cutting some stuff out. I don't think we are. Okay. Um, I'll show you guys this later. Though. Okay. Um, but there was, so there was a, a gif from um, uh, MasterChef Junior uh, where um, <laughs> this girl is, you know, this like eight-year-old girl, um, and this is, they've added subtitles to this, is um, mixing up some soup or something, and she tastes it, and she bursts into tears, and she's like, it's too salty. And Gordon Ramsay comes over in his Master Chef Junior persona and is like, now hold on, hold on. What's happening? Let's look at it. Let's talk it through together. All right, I'll taste it. Now, you know, I have three daughters at home. And sometimes when things get difficult in the kitchen, they cry too. And all of their tears combined would not be as salty as this <laughs> fucking dish. He's so good. Because he's so nice on Master Chef Junior. <laughs> A kid literally <laughs> dropped hot oil on his foot, and you could see him take every ounce of strength not to, like, curse the child out. Sure. And the kid was like, I just burnt Gordon Ramsay. And he was like, you're fine. And he's like, he's gonna kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen his other shows. Gordon Ramsay's like, they have a room in the back where I can break anything I want. I'm going to go there for three hours now. Oh my God! There Please are rooms like cooking. that in Japan. I could. There's room. There's, there's room like that in like San Jose. There are. Yeah. Oh, I need. I that. want to do it anyway. Okay. So here's the tweet from Ninja, which actually is yes. relevant to rooms where you can break things. Um, so Ninja again for background, uh, very famous Twitch streamer. Mostly does Fortnite. Uh, the majority of his audience is young teenage boys. Let's keep that in mind as we read this tweet. Uh, the phrase "It's just a game" is such a weak mindset. If you you are okay with what happened, losing, imperfection of a craft, when you stop getting angry after losing, you've lost twice. There is always something to learn and always room for improvement. Never settle. 
That last sentence I agree with. But don't get angry about video games, kids. Okay, so... It's lot. healthy to get angry about video games. Yeah. You can examine the hang your anger about losing in a video game, but to say that you need that anger to fuel you to be better at video games is incorrect. Well, and I mean, that's just coming from, like, competitive athleticism and, like... toxic masculinity yeah, bullshit. It, yeah, it's toxic masculinity bullshit, but, like... <laughs> the blog that I pulled this from, the headline underneath that is, Ninja is as thick as planks. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. So I was playing uh, TFT the other day and I decided to foray into ranked just because I'm a glutton for punishment and I've been doing okay. Nice. Um, but I played a game where I had a super tight build, you know. Super tight. Super tight. Like, Keep your builds tight, Okay, so for TFT, you have different, like, professions and different um, elemental backgrounds. And I built... Um, it was six mages, so 100% chance of double casting. Okay. And there's this one particular mage named Vagar, who his <laughs> ultimate power... I know, right? Vagar, the unspecific. Oh my god, when you buy him, he goes, Finally! <laughs> no, How I did I get some... that voice? Give up now! Is that... <laughs> it's <laughs> so good. It's not my favorite line I'm in that game. My favorite line in that game so is hard. the... Uh, uh, the rat with a bow, there, bow and arrow who, when you buy him, goes, From out of the sewers comes doom. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. But anyways, Vigar's ultimate is he deals something like 25,000 points of damage to anyone below his level. Mm. So I'm double casting and I've golded him, which means he is like ultimate. Next step. And all of my mages are at least silver, if not gold. And I think I was also rocking, like, rangers or something like that. So I'm just, like, flinging shit, like, crazy. And um, I it was down to the final two, and I had ten hit points. The other guy had, like, nine or something like that. And my Vagar, like, blasts his units to hell and back. And it's literally a black stain on the mat Ooh. when Vagar's thing goes off. And he was like, fucking Zephyr didn't take out your Vagar. Oh, the game is bugged. And I was just like, sorry, good game. And he was like, nah, F you. And I was just like, dude, I'm sorry that I was basically... What winning the, the whole time of stacking action figures on a board and seeing yeah. how they fight. There was somebody today in that game who was like, "God, the uh, the this game is so stupid. Why did they add all this RNG?" That's the whole point of the game. It is a the game about point. random chance. Yeah, it's like if you don't want to play the RNG game, play regular League of Legends. Right? Yeah, please. sure. <laughs> I have no capability in it. I'm so sorry that I was just rocking the mage build and really doing well with it. You did so. great. It, I did. Not that surprised, though. Someone who taught math and physics is really good at projecting some good probabilities yeah. onto a game space. Mostly, okay, my number one technique for team fight tactics, if I lose two matches or three matches in a row, like, because um, you, you do matches in rounds and anyways if i lose three of those little sub matches in a row i'm like time to change my build because clearly sell everything start over <laughs> you know burn it so. to the ground salt the earth yeah yeah, yeah. but going back so, to ninja's thing mm -hmm. 
Um, one of the things that really gets me about it is it presupposes competitiveness as the craft of gaming. Mm-hmm. But more than that, even within competitiveness, and I know not everyone agrees with Jason Morningstar here, but I really do. Best gaming is gaming to support the other people's mm-hmm. fun. And That's why I like can't Overwatch better than Call of Duty when it comes right. to competitive games because you're working in a team. Yeah. Yes. And you're working to work together. And you have to vote in the end. And in a lot of ways, I think this idea that this is a weak mindset is extremely nefandy. Uh-huh. It's yeah. very specifically like, do you want to be a loser or do you want to be a winner? That is not... Listen, in every game, there will be a loser and a winner. That does not mean something has gone wrong. Just because you are on the losing side of the equation does not mean you are not good at your craft. It just means that's how the game went out. And if you can't deal with that without being angry at yourself and the other person, then you're not going to be able to have a fun time. And I know Ninja's out there making money. But games exist on a pretense for people to have a good time. Mm. Yeah. Here, here. Yeah. All right, we are about five minutes out from the hour, so let's do our um, uh, what have we all been doing this week segment. Uh, Jairus, why don't you start? What sex magic have you been doing this week? <laughs> okay. Um, I thought we'd go- we weren't going to get into a bunch of BDSM stuff on this <laughs> podcast. When did I say that? No, we did. I'm teasing you. <laughs> Um, since you allowed me to go Jarrett, first... you can talk about your leather chaps all you want on this podcast. I don't wear leather chaps, but I do have a cape. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things uh, multiple friends of mine who are in BDSM have told me that uh, apparently is a thing I did not know about is wearing crowns because it makes you feel amazing. And that's it. You to which song, I say... You can see me in a crown by Billie Eilish. Now I need to hear it. I will it. play it for you. Anyway, sorry, continue. Um, since you allowed me to go first, I am going to claim The Who. Um, mm, yes. They recently put out a uh, interview. Who are, who are The Who? The Who is a Mongolian folk metal band. Who Not I the British band. No. no. <laughs> who I discovered two years ago um, with their song Yue uh, Yuan. I think yeah. I'm not pronouncing that right, which is incredible. You should look them up. They are amazing. H-U. H-U. The H-U. And uh, they were tasked for putting out some of the opening music for uh, Jedi uh, Star Wars. Jedi Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order. I thought, A I game I've talked about on this podcast this season several times now. And they, they made a song in a language that was not Mongolian. They're like, we were asked to make a non-Earth-based language, and we're really into that. But what really got me about this interview is when they asked them about their inspirations, they said, so we really wanted to get in touch with our culture. So we talked to our spiritual guides and they showed us what sort of cultural things from our own music we should be bringing into Star Wars. And I was like, oh, my God, this is everything Joseph Campbell was talking about. (laughs) This, This is in Star Wars now. We now have like native mongolian music which is metal yep that was inspired by those people going be like all right let's get in touch with the spirit world spirit world how should we make this song that is perfect i Dude, am so happy their music the, is so good the guitarist i think it's the guitarist yeah his custom guitar is a bow it's a bow and arrow that it's is extremely mongolian yeah it is it's so, so cool. dope and like what I love about them too is that they are very cultural. 
Like, mm-hmm. it is extremely cultural They have music. one song that's just all about how great Genghis Khan is. <laughs> Genghis Khan is, in many ways, the Mongolian yep. hero. I mean... Are you gonna tell him no? Right. Like, no. We're all related want... to him in the end. So yeah. yes, that's. I mean, unless you're from the Americas. Yeah. 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 He he got around. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, they're really cool, and I love music like that. That is exceptionally cu- cultural, but yet like modern, and mm. um, it's just it's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah they um the uh, the way it's used in Jedi Fallen Order too. I was telling Jarrett about this in the car, but it's used as in universe music. So the beginning of the game, the song is playing at full volume as if it's background music. Um, and as you pull into the main character, he takes out the Star Wars equivalent of earbuds because somebody's talking to him, and the song switches to whatever his music player is. And I love that we're finally getting in universe Star Wars music. And I love yeah. that the choices. And I love the choice Lucasfilm was, was made word? both in Batu. Diegetic. Diegetic. World that, I love the, that. I love stuff. the choices that Lucasfilm was made both in Batu and in this song that it sounds like like it just sounds like a lot of indigenous music. It sounds like like traditional cultural music that people have put a Star Warsy spin on. Right. Music that is not inherently made for a mass market consumerist world. Yeah. yeah. Music that somehow expresses this and that's the thing I love about Star Wars, this multicultural, vastly historic mm-hmm. where you're only looking at a tiny sliver of what happened. And because there are so many different factors, it's all so epic. Well, that's and, the who as well. And, and I feel like this is the last piece that Star Wars needs to truly stop being like just a setting to Mm, being like a world world. Mm -hmm. because music is so much about the culture and the fact that like we haven't like we don't know what Hatti's music sounds like, you know. We assume it's jizz, but you know. Right. And I mean like They we, do love listening to it. We've only had like one song, but it's like that's not the only thing. And you know, like I think they are really trying to build in that piece because yeah. also we're getting like the fashion trends and like yeah, we're mm-hmm. starting to see more of the cultural aspects of this yeah. world instead of I think of... having to build a world for Batu, like an actual immersive world, really helped them out. Yeah. Yeah. They had to ask specific questions. I think also kind of um getting to what you're saying, Star Wars was always meant to be a representative of our own world. The Empire is the American Empire and the concept of imperialism. In a lot of ways, um, the reason why I think people drive towards rebellion or highly diverse cultures in Star Wars is because they like feeling like a unique person who has something to give to the galaxy or the world that isn't, you know, just how usable you are to be spent up to a much larger machine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mei what's your thing this week? Um, so I know we're not supposed to like buzz market other podcasts, but I have I been. I gave up on that rule a long yeah, time so ago. Many it years was a ago. stupid rule, and I'm sorry. Um, I have been <laughs> listening to a lot of Judge John Hodgman. Yeah! So um, because I'm so happy. I, I am currently in it's a. It's your fault it took this long. It's your we'll fault. talk about this, motherfucker. Um, um, I I'll see you in court. I, I have a very long commute to my play rehearsals because um, I live. 
Let me tell you about oh, long commutes. I, I know it's it's nothing compared to yours. You you, but... you adopted the long commute. I was born to it, molded by it. True. I didn't see True. I didn't see the outside of a car until I was nearly a man. Sorry, did you? <laughs> um, but I just adore it so much, and like his his advice is so good, right? Yeah. So good, and also there's a lot of times where these couples are talking about things, and I'm like, oh. Yes, right? I shall listen in on this. Because... Oh, there's a little drama out loud. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, Ooh, what's going down? Well, it, it's more like, I am going to take this advice into my own life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being like, well, the precedent has been set in the court of Judge John Hodgman that sure. yeah. this is considered stupid. <laughs> and you are not to do it anymore. I have a few questions for you. Yes. Uh, have you already gotten to the Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage? No. Okay, that episode is wild. Yeah. That was the episode that made me go, oh, this is pretty cool. I like this guy. And then I heard that. I was like, I love this podcast. Okay, yeah. so I won't tell you anything more about that. But my other question is, isn't Bailiff Jesse Thorne just the most adorable, like, millennial dad? Yeah. He is well, so adorable. I do love how all of their advertisements are basically just for their side projects <laughs> hashtag always be plugging um and i i i like that because i'm just like oh this e- this is things that they care about and they mm-hmm. actually want to do um but <laughs> there was one time where the the defendants were talking about um handkerchiefs or something like that and they're oh, like, yeah, yeah, we, we use the, the cotton ones. Quality, yeah. yeah, we use cotton ones, and Jesse was like, no, linen's better. And they're like, well, no, we found... He's like, excuse me, who owns a vintage <laughs> yes, textile shop? Right. I do. You're wrong. <laughs> it was that's like, right. It was so funny, because normally he's always, like, super jokey, mm-hmm. and that time he was like, nah, bitch, you're wrong. <laughs> and it, yeah. was, it was just really good. Um, but... Yeah, like, I I really, really like it, and now I'm kind of like, oh, man, it would have been really nice to have seen him at Sketchfest, but it just didn't work out, so we'll just have to catch it next time. Yep, yep. And, frankly, oh. I kind of want their life, where they just take over local radio stations oh, and yeah. use it for their recording purposes. Yeah, and, that's great. And I think that's also really cool that he calls out, you know, the local radio stations, and... Mm-hmm. To be a producer on that show has got to be insane, though, because you have to find a recording place sure, for yeah. the defendants and also choose, you know, interesting cases. Thank God not all of them are the tomato case. Because, like, that guy needed a psych profile. I couldn't, like, I couldn't w- listen to all of it. Mike had to tell me about it later. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's just... I was, I was like, they are not friends. <laughs> no, <laughs> they are there have not been a few friends. episodes where, after listening to it, I'm like, I feel like they got to a healthy stopping point where if you went any deeper, you'd find out that neither of these friends respect each other. Yeah, yeah, and like the only thing that I would say I I have negative feels about is every now and then Jesse kind of rats on nerdy culture. Um, and he's all like, oh, well, I'm not one of those super nerds. I'm like, yes, you you are. You own a fucking vintage clothes shop. (laughs) Shut the front door. Like, you are a freaking nerd. 
just get him talking about Huey Lewis and the news, and, and he see is how much of a, a nerd radio he is. culture fanatic. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like that's the whole thing about being a nerd. Just because if you are a nerd, it does not necessarily mean you are super into everything that is considered nerdy. It just means that you love something a lot. Yeah. Right. And I wish that we could just understand that. And, you know, that's kind of what we're trying to do here too. It's just yeah. be like, let's let's not yuck on anyone's yum to yeah. also steal a catchphrase from another podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun and Spotify is pretty great for podcasts. It is. Which you can also get this one and can the I... one that I'm putting out in March. Can I ask you where you heard Don't Yuck My Yum? Um, it was the wrestling. Oh, tights and fights is where I heard it first. Ah, That's right. Okay. It was on. It's on. It's, they heard of Mabim Bam as well. It's spread through the Mabim Bam like makes it. It did. Yeah. I heard it. I first learned of it. It's a term used in BDSM to be like you may not be into something, but that doesn't mean you can crap on it. Yeah, it's just, oh. just such a good rule for life. It really is, and I mean, it's also like one of my favorite double click song where oh, it's like, yeah. I like to eat toast with ham. You like? To, oh wait. I like to eat toast with jam. You like to eat eggs and ham. And anyway, listen okay. to the double clicks. They're great. Oh, yeah. yeah double clicks And basically, are great. it's just like, this is my jam, and what you like has nothing to do with me. So, so it's fun. It's cool. You Much know. like that episode of Steven Universe on the Jam Buddies where they each want a different thing. Yeah. I think. Yeah, um, and it's just, it's just really cool. And, like, he's very... He's very mindful of both sides of every issue. Sorry, going back to Judge John Hodgman. Mm -hmm. He's very mindful of both sides of every issue. And he does a really good job of making it funny. Yes. Even if he's really, like, disagreeing with one side True. from, like, the very initial part. Like, there was this one where uh, this woman brought her husband to court because he didn't show affection for their dog. Right. And, yeah. and he was just like, well, you know, what's the problem with the dog? And he was just like, I just, I don't like him. And, and everyone was like, you have issues, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you but don't like the family dog, your dog. Yeah. And so, but he was really good and not in kind of poking fun, but not, making the other person feel really uncomfortable. I, I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know. The other guy had kind of a weird personality, but um, <laughs> like, how can you, how can you agree to a family dog and then just not want to touch it ever? Yeah. I, I can understand, I guess some people not being dog people or cat people, but we are trying to wrap up, so I shouldn't be talking. Is there anything else you want to... No, I'm cool. Mike, what is your weekly nerd thing? My Oculus Quest came in today. Could you say that louder? My Oculus Quest came in today. There I'm so excited. All I got to do was the tutorial this morning, but it was amazing. It was so okay. freaking cool. The dance robot tutorial is so cute. So it's uh, the Oculus Quest, for those of you who don't know, is a VR headset from Oculus that is a standalone headset. You don't need to plug it into anything. You can play outside. You can play in any room. Oh, it's its own it, CPU? Yes. Whoa. It does, so it's not as powerful as no. the Rift uh, or the Rift S. Like but a phone, still, I would like, say. Yeah. The immersion. Oh, it's is amazing. And so, you know, um, because I bought a Quest, the uh, 
Vader Immortal game came with it. Uh, oh so my, what? After this, this podcast ends, I'll have to let Jairus try some lightsaber combat oh in my, VR. It is very late. Okay. Well, we'll tomorrow? figure it out. Okay, tomorrow. We are meeting up tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. The sun will come out tomorrow. Tomorrow. will come out. Bet your bottom dollar that... Hello and welcome to the Ace, Ace of Geese podcast! Jairus, if they want to email us, how can they do that? A-C-E-O-F-G-E-E-K-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G at gmail.com That's Ace of Geeks podcasting at gmail.com uh, If they want to find us, Mike, where should they find they us? They should go to at uh, Ace of Geeks on Twitter or search the Ace of Geeks on Facebook. You'll find us in both places. You can find this podcast uh, if for some reason you... I don't know. I always say this, but I don't know how you got to this podcast without... Anyway, we're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on um, TalkShoe, which is the service we use to mm-hmm. post our stuff. We're everywhere. Um, download the episodes as they come out. We love you all for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, us, oh, yes, if yeah. you're enjoying the show, please, please, please go on your little on your podcast uh, delivery service of choice. Give us a review. Um, to say some nice things, say some mean things, whatever. I mean, we need we need as to be long as you those. give us a five star review. We don't care what you say. <laughs> if we meet a certain follower goal, I'll start live tweeting some shit. Yeah. we gotta set up. We gotta set up our Patreon so you all can mm-hmm. give us money, right? You all want to give us money? Well, un- until to upgrade we our podcast that, equipment. Until we do that. Please do consider following us yep. or subscribing on Facebook, especially. Jairus yeah. keeps Facebook, uh, the Facebook page in Meme Town at all times. Oh, and yes. It's great. Yes. It's they, they're they it's are a wonderful good. content curator for our As Facebook page. We have learned from our last episode. I am the monarch of memes. Yes, uh, and, and I'll I'll post some pictures of my tyke TFT comps. Sounds yeah. Good. So our uh, our theme song is by a band called Kessel Run. They no longer exist. And last episode. We said we would look up the bands that their members are currently in because we there are many of them. We did that. not do that. No. Uh, so once again, uh, we love you guys, and uh, we'll plug your bands next week. Uh, if we, we, we will try and find the time to look this up. Also, reach out to us if you want us to plug a particularly relevant band you're in, like yeah. a band you're in right now. We would love to do that. Honestly, if you're very... if you're a listener who isn't one of the people at Kessel Run and you want to give us a uh, band that you're in that you want us to plug, sure. Oh uh, yeah, we'll listen we'll write to us it. a review. One thing, actually, tell me. Here's something. Here's a question for people. Um, write us and then let you know if you'd be interested in this. Um, because of the the Ace of Geeks time as a uh, uh, review site, I still get a lot of emails in our official account with official review links for. What looks to be some spectacularly bad straight-to-video movies. Oh, okay. uh, would you be interested in a podcast where we watch and review those? Let me know. It might be an interesting follow-up. That'd be dope. Because uh, I think I have gotten enough of them over the over the last couple of years that we could do a pretty great. Uh, I don't know what we'd call it, but it, it's literally just an idea I had right now. Uh, let us know if you'd be interested in that. Anyway, thank you guys so very much for listening. Uh, I'm Mike. I'm Ailing. And I'm Jaris. And all form the head.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.